0: The High Praises Church podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now, here's lead pastor Chris Starr. I want to ask you to open your Bibles to the Old Testament book of Joshua, and I want to preach this message that God has given me that. that just man the lord laid this in my spirit as i was praying this week and i just know that i know that i know that i'm supposed to preach this and i know it's father's day and we have people visiting today but this is a message that's really for everybody and it's a i'm going to do a lot of teaching preaching uh and it's a message that can be sobering in some ways because it's going to it's going to require and demand introspection it's going to it's going to ask you to, to check your heart and check your life, but it's also a message that can be life-changing and liberating, and that's my prayer today, that that it will that, that God will use his word to set you free so that there's anything in your life that's holding you back or hindering you, hindering you in your walk with God, that God can obliterate it and eliminate it and remove it, and you can have the victorious life. And I've entitled this message today, Child of God, Tear Down That Wall. Child of God, tear down that wall. And you'll understand why I titled that in just a minute. Joshua chapter 6, reading verses 1 through 5, and then going to verse 20. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. And you shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. That's the ark of the covenant, not Noah's ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. And it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn... And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. So now let's go to verse 20 and see what happens. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets, and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. And then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Thank you. I know you've been standing a while. Be seated. Child of God, tear down that wall. I want to begin today by taking you back and telling you some fundamentals of the Bible. These are things that if you're going to serve the Lord and read the Bible, everybody needs to know. And so it's kind of uh, Old Testament 101, and here it is. The children of Israel, God's people, were in Egypt, in Egyptian bondage, for over 400 years. And then God eventually sent Moses to lead his people out of Egypt and into the promised land. And that's in the book of Genesis and the book of Exodus. However, and it's not a very far trip from Egypt to Israel. It was only a matter of days that they traveled to take them to go into the promised land. And so God led them to the edge of the Promised Land, to a place called Kadesh Barnea, and it was time to go in. But they sent spies, and the spies came back and said they have giants in the land, and they have walled cities, and there's no way that we can defeat these people. We can't do this. And they convinced the nation, and instead of obeying God, they rebelled against God and God's plan. And so in response, God said to them, okay, For the next 40 years, you're going to wander around in a wilderness and until this entire generation of rebels dies off. And then I'll send your kids in there and they'll get what you're not going to get. And so for 40 years, they wandered around and eventually that generation died off. When we get to Joshua chapter six, Moses has died and now Joshua is the leader of the nation of Israel and it is his task to take the children of Israel, that next generation, into the promised land. And the first obstacle that they face is the city of Jericho. Now, if you study about Jericho, you'll discover that it's one of the most ancient cities in the world. And it was a fortified city with walls that were very wide and very high it only enclosed about seven acres so the people most of the people lived in the surrounding countryside but when they heard that the army of israel was coming they all left their houses and lands and they rushed into the city closed the gates up now listen this is very important before i begin preaching here's what they decided they would not fight the children of God they would simply create a stronghold in their land they wouldn't fight them they'll just hole up in that city called Jericho and create a stronghold an enemy stronghold so that if they continue to go on the land there'll always be a stronghold in the nation of Israel Now that sets the tone for what I want to preach today because I want to take that Old Testament story and connect the dots with a New Testament concept. If you go to the dictionary and you look up a stronghold, a stronghold is a place that has been fortified so as to protect it against attacks. And when I think of a stronghold, I think of... uh, the old west how many of you like the old west and cowboys and indians and the cavalry i i I love that and i've got two prints in my study at home uh, of cavalry soldiers united states army cavalry Soldiers on their horses and these great scenes written by a guy named Charles Schreivogel, who was a painter in that period. and And I love that theme. And I and when I was a kid, my mom and dad bought me a toy, and I still have it at fifty five years of age. I've still got it. It's this tin metal uh, fort that's uh, uh, it's like like looks like a cabin, and then there are these plastic snap together pieces that that when you put them all together, it creates a fort. Fort Apache. And I had these blue soldiers that were the cavalry, and then you had the Indians and the cannons and the horses, and man, I used to play with that all the time. And when I think about a a fortification, a stronghold, I'm thinking of the old forts that were in the the territory of the Native American Indians, and and we were moving west, and so to, to protect the settlers and to protect the army, they would build these forts, but it also gave the cavalry a base of operation so that they could go out and fight the battles. That's what I want you to get in my mind, in your mind rather, because if you have a stronghold in your life, Life that is not literal physical but spiritual and there are such things the Bible talks about them then that means that you have a base of operation of the enemy in your life so spiritually a stronghold is a particular area that you have yielded to the enemy and from which he operates in your life in other words it's an area of your life not under the domain of Jesus so consequently, if you have a stronghold, you are in need of liberation from the devil's schemes and activities and influences and especially his lies that hound and harass you. So let me give you some examples. And by no way is this comprehensive, but just let me give you some kind of the biggies and there may be strongholds in your life. I may not mention it, but the ho- I, listen. What's going to happen in this service today? The Holy Spirit is going to bring. If you have strongholds, listen to me. The Holy Spirit is going to bring those up in your in your mind and in your life before you today. So unconfessed sin, that's a stronghold. Learned negative behavior can be a stronghold. Now, I know it's Father's Day, and we'll talk about that later after the service, but with all due respect to your mother or your father, if your mother or your father had negative traits and habits that were, were created dysfunction in your family or were detrimental to the relationships in the family or otherwise, you probably noticed those things and saw those things. And you may have even said to yourself, I will never be like my mother. And yet you've grown up and now you found yourself talking just like her, or sir, you're doing the same things your dad did that you despise, and it's creating the same dysfunction and the same detrimental uh, results in the relationships. Let me tell you what it is. That's learned negative behavior. You learned it from your father, and now you're implementing it. You may not even realize you're doing it, but if it's hurting people and not helping things, it's a stronghold. It needs to come down. If you're a person that cheats, that can be a stronghold. If you're given to doubt, you ever talk to that person, every time you say something, it ain't gonna happen. I'm really looking forward to this. I doubt it'll come to pass. That person, you just want that person to go away, don't you? But if you're like that all the time, you have a stronghold in your life. You don't realize it. If if you worry excessively, that can be a stronghold. If you're judgmental all the time, that's a stronghold. If you have an explosive temper, listen to me. That's a stronghold in your life. You got to deal with that. The Bible says be quick to hear, slow to slow to speak, slow to anger. Okay? If you have a fragile self-image, the least little critique, the least little insult, the least little thing somebody says triggers you, you crumble. And you automatically think I'm a nobody, I'm nothing, I don't, I'm no good, and you just go into this spiral. And listen, that's a stronghold in your life. Last time I checked, if you're saved, you're a born again, sanctified child of God with the Holy Ghost inside of you. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life, a child of the King, and you're an heir to join heir with Jesus Christ. And one of these days, you're going to be a priest and a king and rule and reign with Him for a thousand years. That doesn't sound like a nobody to me. That sounds like a somebody. Come on, somebody in this Pentecostal church. But if you just crumble, then listen, you've got a stronghold in your life, all right? If you have a distrust for authority, it's a stronghold. If you have bitterness, unforgiveness is definitely a stronghold in your life. If you have unresolved conflict, that can become a stronghold in your life of the enemy. And it will not do anything but harm to you. So what I want to do today, again, I want to take lessons I want to connect. Let me say it this way. Well, I said earlier, I want to connect the dots from the Old Testament, and the New Testament. I want to take the story of Jericho and bring it into the 21st century. What lessons can we learn about dealing with our spiritual strongholds from the story of Joshua and the walls of Jericho? So this is my message today. So let me just share with you, share with you some things that I want God to set you free. Number one, here's what I learned. A stronghold is an impediment placed by the enemy. Now, you may be partly responsible because you've opened the door to the enemy. But if you decide not to forgive somebody and have unforgiveness, you have opened the door to the enemy. Okay, any area of your life where you're doing things like that, you've opened the door. So it is an impediment. It is an obstruction. It is a hindrance by the enemy. So look at this. Jericho was not a friendly city. The people of Jericho were Israel's enemies. They would not negotiate for peace. And given a chance, they would attack and harm God's people. They would do everything in their power to keep them from going into the promised land, entering their divine destiny, fulfilling God's plan for their lives. They were the enemy. So let me ask you a question. Sometimes preachers are better at asking questions than giving answers. What in your life hinders you in your walk with God? What in your life hinders you in your walk with God? It, you're doing good, you're serving the Lord, and then that one thing comes up and you go crashing down. You get a sense of personal revival. You feel like you're walking with God like you never have. You're reading your Bible. You're praying. You feel like I'm really moving. And then this one thing crops up, comes up. It's always there. And it stops you in your track. And the devil says, who do you think you are? Look at this in your life. And you just crumble spiritually. And it destroys all the progress you've made in the Lord. That's your stronghold. What constantly rises up and serves as an obstacle to your faith? Who or what or what past event obstructs your path as you try to walk in God's will and move forward spiritually? That's your stronghold. It's an impediment. It's an obstruction. You got to see that. Which leads me to my second point. You can avoid it or you can attack it. You can ignore it or you can deal with it. Now there was an option for the people of Israel when they saw those massive walls and how thick they were and there's no way they can get through it and they don't have battering rams and they don't have howitzers and cannons and dynamite to blow a hole in it. Joshua could have just said, let's just leave it alone. They're all up in there anyway. They're holed in. Let's just go on and we'll keep fighting other armies that come out to fight us and we won't worry about it. That was an option. Here's the problem if they had ignored the city and avoided it, that would have put an enemy behind them. It would have made them vulnerable from from surprise attacks. So there really wasn't a way for them to ignore it if they wanted to have victory. Listen to me, they had to deal with Jericho to move forward. And let me just say to you, the easy thing for you to do is to ignore your stronghold. It's part of your life, you know it's there, but the easy thing to do is just let it persist, go around it, put up with it. You've already been putting up with it, here's the problem. You have set yourself up for a life of continual defeat. Spiritually, you live a very frustrated life. And one of the things that I have learned in all the years of serving the Lord and being in ministry is this. This is a common denominator everywhere. People of God want to know how can I live the victorious Christian life how can I live the, because there are things that get in our lives and they beat us down and they hinder our walk with God and we feel like we're just always struggling to get to a certain point and we never get there and we're always falling short and that can get so frustrating and you get to the point, it gets weary and tired. Listen, I'm telling you today, you can live the victorious Christian life, but you have to deal with the strongholds in your life you can't just leave them alone you've got to to deal with it so God's option is deal with it face it, tear it down call it out, remove it from your heart and from your mind and from your spirit God wants you to deal with it so here's my pithy little saying that I love to bring when I preach, you ready God says you don't put up with strongholds, you pull down strongholds don't put up with it pull it down tear it down, destroy it, child of God, tear down that wall, address it and deal with it. Here's the next lesson I learned is that patience and determination are absolutely necessary, all right, for six days. Now look, could God have just brought the wall down on the first day? Absolutely. They could have marched one time on the first day and the walls fell. They could have just saved the week and marched around it seven times on the first day and boom, the walls fell. But God's plan was march around the city one time each day and go back to camp. Now, I could preach for two hours on this sermon and I'm not because I'm focusing in on one particular thought. But you know one of the reasons why God did that? Think about the psychological warfare. When you're up in that You're up in those walls, and there are thousands upon tens of thousands of Israeli soldiers just marching staring at you like this. Not saying a word. Day after day after day after day. It's like two fighters that that boxers or UFC fighters that just get face nose enough. They're just staring down in each other's eyes. Yeah, you see, you know what I'm talking about? It's a psychological get in your head. God said, I'm going to let you get in their head. Okay, ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. See, the problem is the devil's got in your head and he's messing with your mind and your thoughts. When we need to turn it around, we need to get in the devil's head and say, I'm fixing to mess you up. You're about to lose your stronghold in my life. For six days, God said, march around the walls. And by the way, if you read the history of Israel, they had a propensity to complain so the Lord told him, Keep your mouth shut. Don't say a word. Just walk. Why are we walking out here? This is the stupidest idea I've ever heard of. Look at all the dust that are getting on my feet. Man, this pack is so heavy. I got this sword on. Why won't they let me use it? I don't understand why God does these things. I could come up with five different ways to do this. You think Joshua knows what he's talking about? Maybe we need to have an election, and get another leader. What time is it? I'm hungry. I mean that's what we're talking about here god said just keep your mouth shut okay and by the way sometimes that's the best thing to do because the more you grumble and complain and whine but you don't do anything about your stronghold does it do anything for it no no it's talk is cheap you've got to do something you have to deal with it so the fact is defeating your stronghold now god might do it in a day in your life and if he does go shout somewhere but most likely from experience your stronghold will not be a one day easy fix battle and victory it will take time and you have to persist to win it's like somebody said you didn't get into this thing overnight it may be that God's not going to get you out overnight so let me tell you two things number one enduring faith is critical enduring faith. Y'all know what enduring faith is. It's faith that just keeps like a ever ever ready bunny man. It just keeps going and going and going. You get up the next day and you're believing God. This, this stronghold's coming down. The devil said Oh, she'll quit today. I'll aggravate her and she'll quit today. But just you just going all day. Trusting God. This thing's coming down. I'm not putting up with it anymore. It's coming out of my life. You go to bed that night. You get up the next morning. The devil says I'll wear her down today. But you get up the next day with enduring faith. Like that bunny boom, 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 boom. Not today, I'm trusting God. You just have to have this enduring, except you don't have an ever-ready battery inside of you. You've got the power of the Holy Ghost. So you're the power of God that says, I'm gonna keep believing, I'm gonna keep trusting God until, so you have to keep praying, you have to keep trusting the Lord, stay in your Bible, even when nothing seems to be happening. Walked all day and got done. What good did that do? The walls are still there. Just shut up. Do you walking? Yes, sir. Next day walked around. I don't see any difference. You see any cracks in the wall or anything? No. Just shut up. Keep walking. Okay. Nothing's happening. Is this? Does God work? Is does this? It's worked for other people. Why is it working for me? You can't go down that path. You just take the word, look at this thing that is hindering your life, and say, God, I'm trusting you until. Okay. Determination is critical. There is in the Bible a concept that we don't talk enough about, but you see it in the book of Proverbs. It's this trait, this quality, this characteristic that is very desirable for someone who follows God, and it's called diligence. And if you'll read Proverbs, you'll see this. We're diligent people, people who just keep going, keep when they get knocked down, they get back up. When people tell them no, they said, "I don't, don't I don't want to listen to you." Yes, I'm going to do this. Diligent people become multimillionaires. Diligent people start businesses and they make it. Diligent people go on and get their master's degree and their doctorates, or just get, finish high school, or go to college and get a degree. Diligent people don't stop looking until they get a job. Diligent people don't stop looking until they find a godly husband and wife and don't compromise. I'm preaching right now, baby. Diligent people just keep pressing on. The successful people, not only in life but spiritually, are diligent people who don't throw in the towel at the first sign of adversity or somebody pushes back. Okay, and when you're fighting against, do you think the devil is going to lay down on you when you start fighting to eliminate this stronghold? He's going to push back. And that's when you have to say, listen, I'm going to push back even harder, devil, because I am determined that I am not gonna let go until this thing is out of my life. And then you have to do things God's way. Joshua had a battle plan, and then the angel of the Lord showed up. This is a Jer- J- Joshua 5. The angel of the Lord showed up, and evidently he looked a lot like a man. Now, when you get the angel of the Lord with a capital A, do you know who that is? That's the pre-incarnate Jesus. Y'all know Jesus was, Jesus has been alive forever, right? Because he's God. So he's God eternity past. So he was all the way back to the creation of the world. But he shows himself in, excuse me, in the Old Testament sometimes as the angel of the Lord, the capital A. So the capital A angel of the Lord shows up to Joshua. And Joshua thinks he might be an enemy. Joshua pulls out the sword. He thinks we've got a fight about to start. And he says, are you for us or against us? And I love what the angel of the Lord said. no. See your Bible, read it. He didn't say neither. He didn't say I'm for you or again you, like they say in Kentucky. He said no. And I'm sure that Joshua went, what? No. Wrong question. It's not whether or not I'm for you is are you for me. It's not whether I'm on your side Are you on my side because I am the captain that you may be the leader of Israel, but I am God, almighty king of kings and Lord of lords, the captain of the armies of heaven. You want to do things your way or my way? Boy, Joshua humbled himself real quick and said, whatever you say, Lord. He said, I know you want to do a siege and you got a battle plan, but I got a plan. That may may not make a lot of sense to you. It might seem awful crazy and it may be a little taxing on you, but it'll give you the victory. And Joshua at that moment, listen to me, children of God, my church, listen to me. He had to choose at that moment whether or not he was going to do things his way or God's way. And do you know that is the critical point when coming to to address face-to-face with your strongholds? That's the critical point. Am I going to do it my way or am I going to trust God and let God do it his way? And the defeat comes when we say, I'll handle this. And the victory comes when we say, God, I'll do it your way. And God has given us the victory plan in the New Testament. And this is on the screen. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3, 4, and 5. So watch me connect the dots from Jericho to the New Testament. Paul said, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God. For doing what? For pulling down... Can y'all do a little participation day? Would y'all read that word? For pulling down strongholds. There it is. For pulling down the walls of Jericho. We have mighty weapons in God. Casting down arguments. Casting down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So you do not destroy your strongholds through human efforts and tactics. It takes the power of God to overcome them. And you have to believe that God can change your situation. And God can change you. And that God will change your situation. And he will change you. And you have to speak to your stronghold and say, your time is up you are coming down so let me go through this verse for a minute leave that up on the screen they have let me just show you here and i could preach a whole message on this but i'm just doing what god told me to do today to connect these dots so I'm, i'm doing it let me just highlight here paul speaks of casting down arguments you ever had an argument with anybody do you know anybody that just likes to argue if you told them the sky is blue, they're going to tell you the sky is pink. You know anybody like that? I've met people like that. They will argue just for the sake of argument. Okay, casting down arguments. You say when there's an argument, it's because we disagree. When there's an argument, it's because you say one thing and I say the opposite. We're going to have an argument. There are arguments that you have. Let me say it to this way. You know, you have a stronghold when you say things that are different from God's word. You have a stronghold in your life when you argue with God. God's dealing with you to deal with this thing, but you keep arguing with Him to defend your wrong words, to defend your wrong attitude, to defend your wrong action, and you keep making excuses amen hallelujah got quiet in the church praise the lord look at this nice led wall back behind me right here help me led wall now don't raise your hand but have you ever done it tried to justify yourself God, I don't want to deal with this stronghold. God, I don't want to, God, I've tried to do with this. God, I just can I just leave it alone? God, do I have to forgive him? God, do I have to pay my tithes? God, do I have to change the way I do? Do I have to be kind and gentle? Can I just blow up anytime I want to? God, God, can I? Well, I learned it that way. That's the way I am. That's my personality. Well, my mom and daddy were that way. My grandparents said, we're Irish. <laughs> you know what you're doing, you're, you're arguing and the only way you're going to get free is you stop making excuses and you stop arguing but you've got to cast down the arguments cast them down throw them down and say you're not you're stupid this is a stupid argument my grandchildren are trying to teach me that that's a bad word pepaw I informed the oldest the other day that's a bad word for you it's not for pepaw I looked at his parents and said deal with it I'm not stopping saying stupid it's a great word because it fits so many things and people in this life hallelujah glory so to defeat your stronghold listen to me you have to agree with what God says stop arguing if he says it's got to go then it's what? he says it's bad then it's what If he said it's hurting you then it's okay you have to you have to agree with God so you adopt you embrace and you act on what thus says the Lord you cast down the stronghold by lining your life up with the will and the word of God he talks about high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God let me explain that to you you have a stronghold when you say well I know better than God I know better than God. This is exactly what the devil seduced Eve into believing in the garden. If you eat of that fruit, you'll be as smart as God. Eat that fruit. God's holding out on you. God's trying to keep you trapped so that he's going to keep your knowledge limited. But if you'll eat that fruit, you'll know everything that he does. You'll know good and evil. You'll know everything. You don't need him anymore. You can be God. And that's what the dumb devil did in heaven it's what got him in trouble it's how he became the devil how do you go from being this archangel lucifer who sits at the right hand of the father and god and and leads the worship and music in heaven have access to the throne of god i mean he's at the pinnacle of what he could be as a created being and then he said i will set my throne above the throne of god and so there's a point where you have to say I'm not God and I've made a mess of things and and I need God and I need to understand that I cannot make better decisions for myself or you can't say I don't need God telling me how to live my life you're not going to get your stronghold down that way okay you cast down the stronghold by submitting to the knowledge of Jesus and so if he tells you to react differently than how you've been reacting you submit to his wisdom and you say God I'll do it your way And if you tell me I got to forgive this person, well, I want to go punch them in the nose. Sometimes I wish there was a nose-punching ministry. There's not. Sometimes I wish I had rockets on my car like James Bond. Okay? But there aren't. And with people, sometimes you have to forgive, sometimes you have to release, sometimes you have to extend grace. There are just things you have to do that you don't want to do, but that's your stronghold. But when you do it God's way, the stronghold pff, comes down, and you become a different person. You change, and you become more like Jesus. I, I could just preach. Y'all all right? This is this all right? i just got god giving me stuff i asked the lord just help me preach you know what the devil did to jesus in the wilderness when he tempted him three times you know what he was trying to do yeah he was trying to tempt him trying to get him to sin trying to keep him from going to the cross e all the above but don't you think he was trying to set a stronghold up in his life and every time the devil tempts you to sin and you're tempted to do the wrong thing, that's what he wants. He wants to get a base of operation in your life. He wants you to take that land and pull it away from the dominion of Jesus Christ and cede it to him. When I was a kid growing up, we used to sing, I surrender all. Did Anybody grow up in church singing that? I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. You get a stronghold in your life, and you're not dealing with it. This is how you're saying, "I surrender some. I surrender some. some." James said, in James four seven, therefore submit to God surrender everything to god then you can resist the devil and he will flee from you and to put that in the terms of this sermon just surrender to god i'm going to do it your way then start resisting this thing and say you're coming down and the walls will fall hallelujah then paul talks about bringing every thought all the thoughts in your mind into captivity to the obedience of christ if i just what does that say pastor that means you've got these thoughts running around in your head that are the wrong kind of thoughts they're just running rampant like criminals loose but you get to be the cop and you tase them and you put cuffs on them and you take them to jail and say book them dano that's from hawaii Five O book them, Dano, and they put them in a jail cell and lock it up. And you say, no, you don't get to run around in my head anymore. And they just don't because you say you're not true. You're a lie. Now I know you're a lie. I don't believe you anymore. I'm not going to allow you. The next time that tries to come up you're not gonna be able to do it because I'm gonna say nope that's not true she's not like that he's not that kind of person that wasn't his motive devil you've been trying my mind's been playing tricks on me I've been thinking all these negative things and I'm living in a fantasy world when none of that's true and the devil's just running rampant and destroying my inner peace I'm preaching where y'all live ain't I ain't I You got to take that thought, nail it for what it is, put it in a jail cell, and the next time it sticks its head out and yells, you just slap it upside the head and say, shut up. You're stupid. See, I told you stupid's a good word. You're not going to, this is what is true. This is what I know is right. And you know what that gives you? Peace, liberty, freedom, wholeness. It's wonderful. makes you like Jesus. So you have a stronghold when you constantly think the worst about something or someone, or you imagine negative things with absolutely no basis. You have a stronghold when sinful thoughts run rampant in your head and they kill your spirituality. And I'm not necessarily talking about dirty thoughts. Listen, uh, really more so about negative concepts about someone because they did or something offensive to you. And you just let that thing just take off into this whole, and it's like a soap opera in your head you just building this thing and making it worse and worse and then everything they say and do you start making innuendos and it's all got to mean something and did you see she posted something she said it's a nice day you know that she meant that towards me she's trying to get under my skin said it's a blue sky pretty day yeah i'm not having a good day look you have a problem i'm preaching where you live aren't i you don't want to admit it. Amen, pastor. you preaching where we live. And the devil is over in a corner laughing his head off, and God is grieved because he said, you are no longer dealing with, and this thing is controlling you, and it's killing you. Victory comes when you stop those thoughts, and you place them in a mental prison, and you defeat those thoughts by reacting to them in obedience to Jesus. You, do a, you deal with it with what Jesus says you obey Jesus so if somebody hurts you you want to punch them in the nose or you want to get back Ooh, if I wasn't saved I would be so revengeful Ooh, I would key your car I would slash both your back tires don't do one do both because then the spare tire is no good you didn't know I knew all this stuff did you oh yeah if I was not saved I would be oh I'd be dead somebody already shot me god says somebody does something to you forgive them i don't want to forgive them doesn't matter what you want you got a stronghold in your heart forgive them if you forgive them all that'll I, there was a girl young lady years ago I didn't, I didn't preach this as first service what time is it y'all all right i only got about 45 more minutes we'll be all right i'm just kidding <laughs> all people online say well i'm going to 60 minutes or something right now this good morning america whatever um Leah and I got a teenage, an older teenage girl years ago when we were at Praise Cathedral, student pastors, I'll never forget this. Got her in the office. She was bound. She had a stronghold, she was bound, and she wanted to be set free. Her stepfather had physically, and we have children here, other thing abused her. Okay? And she she was bound up. She was bitterness, the whole she had a stronghold, and she wanted. So we started ministering to her. And I don't know if you remember that night, Leah. We had her in that office, and we talked, and we prayed, and we prayed. And I, and I got a chair, and I sat it down. I said, okay, her stepdad, I think, was dead. I said, okay, your stepdad's dead and gone. But all this, I said, I want you to imagine your stepdad sitting right there. And I said, I want you to tell him everything you want to tell him. Tell him off tell him and she started crying and this older teenage girl she's about 17 18 she's weeping you've destroyed my self-esteem you made me feel this and she's just pretending he's there and she's just bawling you can tell God is doing this work and the walls are trying to come down and when she did I said okay I want you to look at him I want you to tell him you forgive him and she would tear she said I can't I said yes you can she said I can't and I won't I said you have to you have to forgive him she said I can't this went on I don't know if you remember this just went on for minutes back and forth like a ping Match and I finally said, I'm going to help you. I said, I want you to just repeat after me. Come on, say it. Say I. And it was like pulling eye teeth out of that girl. And she finally got out I. And I said, I want you to say forgive. She said, I don't want to say it. I said, say it. She finally said forgive. And I said, you. And she finally said, you. I said, I'll say it again. She was I. Come on. I said, say it. Forgive. And come on, you, you can do it. Say you. You. And about four times. And finally, on her own, she said, I forgive you and it was like a damn burst and tears flowed and she crumbled inside but I oh, shut up. I feel the Holy Ghost but it was right then that I knew the walls of Jericho had fell flat and God had destroyed that stronghold in her life and she released that thing and God brought in healing and restoration in that young girl all because she did what God said to do you you gotta forgive you're judgmental you gotta stop judging you have to give people grace you don't cut anybody it's amazing you cut yourself slack when you mess up when you blow it oh you'll cut yourself slack but boy let anybody else mess up and man drop the hammer on them that's a stronghold you start extending grace to people it's okay grandparents learned about this last night the kids came over and the babies were there, the grandbabies, for Father's Day, because Jaron and them were going to go out of town. And the second one, Barrett, my little Barrett, my sweet little buddy, he comes in there, and we're eating barbecue, and I don't know what he got. His hands were just, and he came in. We had this glass-top table in the dining room, and we were sitting there, hey, Papaw. And he took his hands, because it's just his height. And he took his hands under that glass table and started going. <laughs> Look, Papaw, you can see my hands. I'm looking from this angle going, sure can. (laughs) Better hope your mamaw doesn't come in here right now. Now, 30 years ago, whatever, 20 years ago, if that would have been Jaron or Evan, oh, Katie barred the door. (laughs) But that's my grandbaby. Wasn't it a big smear, layer? It was Just smeared everywhere. I looked at him. and I said, "That's all right baby. Don't worry about it." I thought that's why they made Windex and paper towels. Now, no parents gonna think that about. It. We just want to grab the belt and straighten them out. But just become a grandpa. It's just totally different. Just that, right, baby. We'll straight. We'll, we'll, Papa's all right. We'll clean it up. We'll clean it up. Don't worry about. it See, in your own life, if you have, you want to drop the hammer for. You need God to give you a breakthrough so that you can just say, it's okay. Don't you want to be a person that can say, it's okay. It's all right. Instead of having an explosive temper. Your kids and your wife or your husband walk on eggshells every time things get tense. Woo, pastor preaching where we live. Has he been watching our house this week? Don't you want to deal with that, ma'am, sir? And the next time it's something, you just, instead, God has taken that wall down and you're able to say, it's okay. They didn't mean it, they didn't know what they were saying. Everybody that drives is stupid except me. You just, you come up, you just, you can begin to get liberty. The walls can come down. God has promised you victory in advance over your strongholds. Jericho 6-2, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. Can I tell you something today that to gets you excited? When God makes a promise, you can bank on it. God is not a man that he should lie. And if God says the stronghold can come down, I got good news for you. It can come down no stronghold is too great that it cannot come down. And I'm just going to throw a few more out here. Okay. Alcohol addictions. I want to tell you, God can bring that stronghold down and keep it down. Drug addictions. God can tear that stronghold down and keep it down. Unfounded fears. I know people, I know women that are terrified to allow their children to go 10 feet out the door in the backyard that has a fence around it because they're just absolutely sure that a pedophile is going to kidnap them and steal them away because every other person in our neighborhood has to be a Pedophile. We get these concepts of fears. We're terrified of so. There are people that are terrified that if the trumpet sounded right now, they'd miss the rapture. There are people that live with fear every day. They go to bed. I didn't live good enough today. I didn't live up to God's expectations. I failed God so busy, They just down. That that is a stronghold in your life. These unfounded, unbased fears. I'm here to tell you there is no stronghold that God cannot bring down. If you have a spiritual inferiority complex, if you have the propensity to destroy every relationship that you ever get into because of your negative traits and negativity i'm here to tell you today the good news god has the power to bring the walls of jericho down and you can be set free and you can't be delivered and you can know victory in your life on that seventh day, they marched around that city seven times. And then on the seventh time around, the people shouted with a great shout, and the wall fell down flat. And I don't preach this. I really wasn't going to preach this today, but archaeologists said have gone back to that period, and if the walls fell like this, then the tops of the walls, the width of the walls, would have made it impossible for the army to go straight in. It says every man went straight in. Archaeologists have discovered that it is certain because cities were destroyed rebuilt destroyed rebuilt archaeologists discovered that the walls of Jericho in that period didn't fall like this the earth opened up and they fell flat they fell into the earth God opened up the earth and all the walls went so what was the top of the wall boom was now level with the ground and every soldier ran straight into the city and God delivered there was only one section of the wall that didn't fall and that was the one where Rahab and her household lived tell me God doesn't have the power to set you free. I want you to stand with me. Now, I can't do this because we're online and all the people are watching right now. I don't know if the camera could catch me. But in the first service, I actually started it. When I was a kid growing up, we used to do what was called a Jericho march. Has anybody in this church ever been in a church where they did a Jericho march? Let me see your hand. Oh, a few more than I thought. Put your hands up. How many of the rest of you have no idea what I'm talking about? Yeah, well, uh, you, you shouldn't. Okay, so when I was a kid, and this happened, I remember my dad was pastoring. It might be an evangelist comes in. But I remember, what would happen was you'd have one of those good services. And all of a sudden, the preacher would say, i tell you what I want you to do right now. I want everybody in this house to get out from your seat and pew, because we had pews back then. And I want you to get around the edge of this church. I want you to line up around this church, and I want you to start walking. And I want these musicians to play, and they're going to sing. And while they sing, I want you to walk around this church. Well, everybody get around the perimeter of the church, and everybody start walking. And we'd start singing. We'd start singing these old songs. And they'd start singing, and everybody's singing to the top of their lungs, and we'd be marching. Now to some people that was just something to do and people would be laughing and grinning and they thought it was cool, but there were some people that had some strongholds in their life and they were singing and they start praying, God, bring the stronghold down. God, like you did for the Jericho people, the walls of Jericho, for the Israelites, God, bring the stronghold down. God, this thing's in my life. It's destroying me. It's destroying my marriage. It's destroying my family. It's destroying my business, every relation. God, I want to be set free. God, bring. and they'd walk around the wall and what God did, God just gave them faith and they started to realize that the God who brought down the walls of Jericho can bring down the walls of my life and God will begin a victory. Now we're not going to do a Jericho march this morning but I just came here to tell you that if you'll just have the faith and if you'll just walk a little bit, keep your mouth shut and just trust God I'm here to tell you one more time that the God who brought down the walls of Jericho will bring down everything that hinders in your life and God will give you the victory. Come on somebody give him praise in this house. Somebody give him praise in this house. He is able. He is able. He is able. He can do it. He can do it. Turn to three or four people and say, He can do it. Come on, turn to three or four people and say, He can do it. He can do it. Now look at somebody and say, He can do it for you. He can do it for you. Come on, tell somebody, He can do it for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, singers. I want y'all to get ready. I prayed about this altar service, what I felt the Lord loved me to do. What I want you to do right now, I want everybody in this house. I want you to get out of that seat and I want you to come to this altar as fast as you can. If you almost have to run, I want everybody, I want you to get down here. And as soon as you hit this altar, I want you to start praying. Now, if you don't have any strongholds, I want you to thank God for that. And I want you to pray for the people who do. And for those of you here this morning that you've got some strongholds in your life and the Holy Spirit's been bringing them up, I want you to start praying. And I want you to say, God, I want you to bring down the walls. I want you to tear down the walls. God, change me. Transform me. Get this out of my life. Give me victory. Come on, y'all. I believe God's going to set some people free. I want you to pray with passion. Pray with fire. Pray with fervency. Pray with faith. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 o'clock and 1045. For more information, please visit us at HighPraises.org.